Inspired choice. Yeah, well done. This morning. Oh, I love Sinatra. I listened to him all morning. And was that jazz flute? Was it that Ron Burgundy jazz doing yeah, jazz flute? Yeah, you know, flute? it was Frank Florian doing the jazz flute. <laughs> all these talents, and he brought the jazz flute this morning as well. Hi, Frank. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. That's <laughs> <laughs> world of science. Uh, Frank Florian joining us this morning because tomorrow is World Astronomy Day, which is pretty exciting. That's right. It's International Astronomy Day. It's a day that we kind of promote everything to do with looking up and getting people to do that. Uh, before we get into some of the, because you guys have a ton of things you're going to be doing at the Telus World of Science. Just before we came on the air, I was curious because it seems to me, Frank, that you and the Telus World of Science, or whatever iteration it has been in, have been, uh, in you know, ingrained together for as long as I've been here, and I've been here a long time in Edmonton. Eighty-seven, you started there. Yeah, 1987. You're making me feel really old now. Well, I'm, I'm older, so it's okay. You're fine. <laughs> Eighty-seven. Yeah, and I, I can remember doing things with Frank on air back in the early early, early yeah. 90s as well. So it's so great to have you. Continue to be such a great ambassador. Frank, what was it about um, the science, about uh, astronomy, about the world that you work in that that said, okay, I, this is what I need to do for the rest of my life? Well, you know, it's just uh, you're, everyone's always contemplating like uh, what's actually out there, you know, and being an astronomer, you get to study what's actually out there and see how small and insignificant we on the Earth are in the immensity of space itself. And just seeing all the new stuff coming back from the James Webb Space Telescope mm -hmm. of those distant galaxies and, and looking farther out into space than ever before, it just shows you that, you know, the universe is incredibly vast. When you see those images. I mean, we saw some of the ones from, you know, prior, uh, but we see those images and the clarity and the depth now. I mean, your mind just must be blown. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I started looking up in the night sky when I was a little kid, always wondering <laughs> what those things were in the nighttime sky and, and where the planets were. And it was it was always great. And the Queen Elizabeth Planetarium was a place I always wanted to visit being a kid. Uh, unfortunately, I never got to go there when I was a little kid. I don't know why. Just the uh, opportunity never happened. I always wanted to go and uh, explore the night sky. And it wasn't until I was in high school that I started, uh, I, before the QEP actually closed in, in 1983, that, you know, I was able to go there and, and see some shows and really inspire me and I got to see uh, my first really good look at Jupiter and Saturn mm -hmm. through a, a good quality telescope. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to learn more about all this stuff in our universe. And that's part of the fun of International Astronomy Day is that you have things that are available for the next generation of people who are looking in the sky at wonder. And you can be any generation because I think we do it throughout our lives uh, that you can bring them in and give them an opportunity to see something you can't see at home normally. That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, International Astronomy Day is just a way to engage people and get them to get this spark of of wanting to know more and learn about what's actually out there and seeing things for their very self through a telescope. Like what? Like what can we see if we if we go there this weekend or I guess almost any time at some of the other events, what can we see that we're not going to be able to see at home? Well, basically, you know, we can go outside in our backyards and look up and watch the Oilers hockey game and see the moon <laughs> up there, you know. And, but seeing the moon through a good quality telescope is incredible. It, uh, again, you can fly over the craters on the moon when you move our telescopes around a bit. And it's like you're right there, like an astronaut orbiting the moon. It's really cool. And then we'll see Venus, a really bright object in our western sky as well, that people sometimes misidentify as a UFO, unidentified <laughs> flying object, or UAP is what the new phrase is. So, you know, there's these things that are up in our sky that people 
may ponder, want to, want to know what it is. And again, by looking through telescopes and talking to amateur astronomers and professional astronomers during International Astronomy Day, it gives you kind of a good uh, idea of what's actually out there. Frank Florian is the Senior Manager of Planetarium and Space Sciences at the TELUS World of Science Edmonton. Tomorrow is International Astronomy Day and uh, TELUS World of Science has like a full day packed like into the evening as well with, with events we're talking about. You can check out, you know, the telescopes, the great telescopes there. You can talk to astronomers. But one of the things that I think probably uh, a lot of folks are interested in right now too is the rocket side of stuff. We're seeing Elon Musk, we're seeing Jeff Bezos doing all of that sort of stuff. But there's some amateur rocket clubs going to be on hand uh, tomorrow as well. You can have some fun with that. Yeah, for sure. We're going to have the Edmonton Rocketry Club setting up display from uh, about one, uh, uh, noon till f- uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon at the Science Center. We also have the uh, group of students from the University of Alberta yeah. with the X-Alta 2 satellite that they just recently launched to the International so Space cool. Station. And they're going to be talking uh, in our lobby space. It's all free of charge for these uh, these types of activities in our lobby and, of course, all the, the observing outside. Uh, but uh, the students, you can talk to them. And they, they have a lot of excitement over the, what they did in creating this small satellite to explore or basically the earth from space and forest fires that'll be well again they might happen this summer so <laughs> their satellite will kind of monitor all that and we also have uh, again the RESC the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada they're the uh, the group that really will be bringing out their members with telescopes to showcase things in the nighttime sky but they'll be also having a, a display set up inside our building and for those of you with telescopes you know sometimes we get people calling us up hey I got this telescope I don't know how to use it yes. well we're going to do a telescope clinic from about uh, 2 till 5 o'clock so people can come by and ask us questions or bring their telescope and kind of show them how to use it cool. or set it up at least. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's a it's a time where we just want to really em, uh, embrace everything astronomical and space related. Yeah. Is it going to be like, do you have any expectations for how many people will come based on pre- previous years, etc.? Because I'm wondering about trying to get space in the clinic. Do you pre-book? Do you just try to have to line up? Is it uh, free for all? How does it going to work this Well, weekend? it's a bit of a free for all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people just kind of show up and we'll, we'll spend as much time as we can with yeah. each person. You know, it's really hard to say how busy we get with these types of events. We've had uh, at some of these international astronomy events like this in the past, well before COVID and everything mm-hmm. hit us. We've had like thousands of people out there and with the weather being really really nice, you know, anticipate that we'll get a fair number of people out uh, during the daytime to do some solar observing and and take in some of the other uh, uh, events around the Science Centre. Solar observing, let's talk about that a little bit because we touched on it uh, off uh, in the commercial break, but a lot of people, you know, I mean, just chasing the Northern Lights recently, watching and just can't believe how great they are, but you can kind of see what's going on when you're looking at the sun. That's right, yeah, we have special telescopes, solar telescopes that allow you to see uh, the activity going on on the sun, which is the stuff that actually makes the northern lights happen. Of course, those northern lights might even pop up this weekend. Uh, We just need a clear sky. In fact, I had alerts last night on my phone saying, get out and look at the northern (laughs) lights. But of course, if you're cloudy, you won't see anything. But uh, yeah, uh, we can show these prominences and solar flares, the eruptions uh, of of plasma gas off the sun. And uh, that kind of leads way again to the beautiful northern lights we've been seeing. And the sun is really getting very active right now. It's incredible. And uh, that means that you'll see lots of detail on the sun. Awesome. That's a cycle too, isn't it? Does, it? does it go in sort of cycles? You bet, yeah. It's yeah. an 11-year solar cycle. Okay. It goes from max to min to max again. And that, that cycle takes about 11 years. And it's part of a bigger 22-year cycle where the Earth's, or the sun's magnetic field reverses mm. in that uh, cycle where it flips one way and then flips another way. But for the whole cycle, it's about 22 years. Oh, here's hoping because the weekend, uh, the overnight says clear on nice. the forecast. So that's, that's very, very uh, encouraging. Why don't we take a quick little break, Frank? In studio with us. 
Assassin's Creed people to have them in, uh, have a chat with them. So when we take a little break, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, I love yeah, sure. You. We've got meatloaf and we've got some coffee <laughs> and we got for some you. Coffee Hold cake, on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll back in a moment. Frank Florian uh, from the TELUS World of Science joining us tomorrow is International Astronomy Day and lots going on at uh, at uh, the TELUS World of Science. Just go to the webpage. It's just packed, jammed with the things that you can do, uh, you, your kids, and you can get involved in. I've been hearing a lot of talk about an eclipse next year, and I'm wondering why people are talking about an eclipse that is happening next year already, Frank. What's going on with this one? Yeah, because isn't an eclipse an eclipse an eclipse? It's, it's the same. <laughs> thing, isn't it? Well, a total solar eclipse is very different over what we've been normally seeing here in Edmonton over the past number of years, which are partial solar mm -hmm. eclipses. So a total solar eclipse is where the moon totally obscures the sun, and you get this sort of black hole in the sky with this bright uh, white kind of streamers around the silhouette of the moon uh, for a few moments, uh, sometimes a few minutes. Uh, so though those are really spectacular when they do happen. It turns uh, day to night, or at least to a twilight kind of glow. Owls uh, uh, become kind of dormant. They think it's nighttime, so they go to sleep. Uh, uh, when I was down in Mexico in 1991, for one, uh, basically there were some American tourists that were right near a mangrove swamp, and as soon as it got dark, the mosquitoes went on a feeding frenzy. <laughs> I talked to one person that basically said they couldn't watch the eclipse because they were just batting mosquitoes the entire time. So it, it changes the whole environment you're in when you see one of these total solar eclipses. But of course, looking up and seeing that sun. And during a total solar eclipse, you can look at it safely with your eyes because there's no direct sunlight reaching your eyes. It's during the partial phases you need to have special safety goggles. But we're not going, are, are we going to see it in Western Canada? We will see a little bit of this in Western Canada, but it'll be a partial solar eclipse. Okay. So we only see a little sliver taken out of the sun by the moon. But and this is going over America, yeah, the United it, States. It, it basically comes up from um, Mexico, goes through Texas, and then through the eastern states up to Montreal and Toronto oh, area. Okay. You have to sort of get out of Montreal and Toronto area to actually see the actual total solar eclipse. But it'll, if you're in the metro uh areas, uh, you'll just see a very deep partial eclipse where okay. most of the sun is hidden behind the moon, but not enough to be a total. So you have to kind of find the, the center line, the region where you get to see that total solar eclipse, and that's where you want to be. Huh. And so the excitement that Jalen was talking about is simply because a lot of people won't have to travel. They can, it'll be right in their own backyard. So that's where the excitement level comes. Pretty much. And okay. for any one location on the Earth, uh, it's estimated that you only get one total solar eclipse in a 400-year period. Mm. So it's a pretty rare event for any one location anywhere on the Earth. So that's what makes this one kind of special. There's a, another partial solar eclipse we'll be able to see uh, this year on, a, uh, on October 14th. Mm. There's going to be a, a very deep partial, much better than the April 8th, at least seen from our location, where we get to see upwards of about 55% of the the sun hidden behind the moon. And people travel to see that. Like this is this is a this is an event. People travel from all over the world to, to go and watch eclipse. That's right. Yeah, there's uh, tra uh, you know uh, travel companies that are making very special uh, <laughs> arrangements to see total solar eclipses. Uh, Sky and Telescope and Astronomy Magazine they always have these trips you can go on cruise ships for these other ones mm -hmm. around the world. So they're very special, and a lot of people do flock to these things. They're becoming more and more popular. And so this uh, this eclipse coming up that we be partial here, where will it be a total solar eclipse? Where in the world? 
Uh, for the April 8th one, it's going to again come up from Mazatlan, Mexico, go through uh, sort of the central part of Texas and then up through the eastern states. Oh, no, I meant like because oh. you said there's another one oh, coming yeah, yeah, up. Right, so right. somewhere in the oh. world, it's going to be a total. So where uh, am I traveling to? Actually, for that October 14th one, it's uh, called an annular solar eclipse. So what, what happens there is the moon itself is a little too small to hide the entire sun. Okay. So you get this ring of sunlight around the moon. Uh, that means you still have to use protective eyewear to actually view that and that one's going to be visible over uh, parts of uh, sort of the western parts of the US so okay. California area so if you go down there you see this other type of a very special solar eclipse I think it's fascinating to think you know we now know what it is we now know what this is when the sky you know when the sky turns like this I my, my head is kind of blown when I think you know hundreds of years ago when people didn't know what it was and how um, theories and you know mystical. and mystical. all of that sort of stuff came from that. I mean, just I can't even imagine sitting there one evening or one day and then the the, the sky disappeared. That to me is just fascinating. Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean uh, you know, when when you go see a total solar eclipse, it is one of these really neat experiences that you really can't. Uh, you know, it, it just. Your, your mind just goes numb there for a minute because it, it is so impressive. It, it's the, the majesty of a total solar eclipse uh, where the day turns to night and you see this kind of dark uh, silhouette in the sky with these bright streamers of uh, the, the sun's corona around yeah. it. Uh, it, your mouth just drops. It's incredible. And and uh, I know people that have seen one, they want to see everyone. My kids, <laughs> when, they, when we saw the one in 2017, they said, Dad, when are we going to go see the next one? I said, well, it's 2024. We have to go to, you know, Eastern Canada or somewhere else. And and uh, they said, yeah, let's go. Let's plan that trip. So they were really, my kids were already planning a trip to go see this one in 2024 wow. back in 2017 after they first saw their first one. Will you go see it? You know, I really love to. I'm just not too sure where to go. Uh, because, again, okay. the weather is going to be one of those things uh, mm. where you don't know what it's going to do and and that's with any kind of solar uh, total solar eclipse trip even ones you pay thousands of dollars for you just don't know what the sky yeah. gods are going to do you know if you're going to have a clear sky or not uh you did you did tell us uh, 2044 we could just stay here in Edmonton just wait for that <laughs> one yeah, you know, looking up there in the western sky you know if, <laughs> if, yeah 2044 in the month of august okay yeah. total solar eclipse visible from Edmonton and most of Alberta all right uh, international astronomy day being celebrated at the Telus world of Science here in Edmonton uh, tomorrow on a Saturday. Tons of things going on. Is it is is it that we're just paying more attention because of the James Webb Telescope? It seems like there have been a lot of celestial events. There have been planets that that have been aligning. We've had the the Northern Light. Has it just been a really busy special year? Or are we paying more attention? I think people are just more aware of all these neat things that are going on there. You know, sometimes when I'm just out and about in the summer months, the number of people that are watching the Perseid meteor shower has just increased you know, exponentially over the years. And now, you know, you go out there at night and you just hear people in your neighborhood mm-hmm. kind of hollering every time you see a bright meteor across <laughs> the sky and things like that. And of course, you know, with the media having all the special attention on, you know, things like the up-and-coming Artemis mission, return of humans to the moon and one of our own Canadian astronauts going up there the James Webb Space Telescope with its beautiful images you know there's there's so much happening in space exploration and astronomy that that I think people are, are just seeing it it's it's an escape from the the normal day-to-day routines yeah. that we all do and and just shows us that there's a lot more in our universe than just us here on the earth and our own little problems Absolutely. so you know it's a it's a great way to kind of just leave all our problems behind look up and just say you know those problems that we have 
they're minuscule mm. you know when we take a look at the whole grand scheme of things well frank you're you've been uh, one of our favorite guests um on on this show on this station in our previous lives and in, in our tv world like for decades now and uh, we want to thank you for coming in in person yay in yay. person yeah, yeah. to talk about this and would uh, i can't wait we can't wait to do it again and best of luck with everything going on tomorrow and if people want to find out more again just go to the website Thanks. I love you guys. I've been watching you all the time, too, for these many, many years. So thanks for everything you do, too. You better oh, say, thank grab you. some cake. I will. Have yeah, some I, cake. Yeah. That looks yeah, good. I, I'm not warming up the meatloaf yet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do that to you.